Elon Musk becomes the single largest shareholder in Twitter. Disney heiress Abigail Disney rants about the evils of conservatives, and Joe Biden laments the existence of Fox News. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, let's talk about a simple fact. You are paying way too much for like every single thing. One of the things you are paying way too much for is one of your bigger bills, actually, every month. And that, of course, is your cell phone bill. You're paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. You're paying for all of their brick stores, and you're paying for all of their social media outreach and all that kind of stuff. You don't need to do any of that. Instead, just go get Pure Talk. It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile and pay about half. Okay, Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of the big guys, but they're going to save the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch a long time ago. What exactly is your excuse? And how many times do I have to tell you? Just switch over to Pure Talk already. You can keep your number, you can keep your phone, or you can get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids as well. You get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month, or you get unlimited data, and you can still save a fortune. Head on over to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro. You will save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro to get started because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Stop paying the big guys all that big money for no reason at all. Instead, head on over to puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro to get started. Well, the increasing wokeization of corporate America is really quite troubling because there used to be all these corporations and we just used to shop and we didn't have to worry about what the political priorities of the corporations were. We didn't have to worry about whether they were attempting to indoctrinate our children into woke sexual values or critical race theory. We didn't have to worry about how they were using our money to lobby against our most deeply held values. This just wasn't a priority. Well, now it is a priority. And the reason it's a priority is because the woke have hijacked these major corporations and used them to their own ends. And honestly, there's something incredibly leech-like about all of this. People build businesses, people like Walt Disney. He builds a business, one of the biggest businesses on planet Earth, through sheer creativity and appealing to broad audiences of people. And then his corporation is taken over by a group of radicals who never could have started a business anything like this on their own. They just see a giant whale and they plunge their radical harpoons into the whale. And then they attempt to steer that whale in the direction they wish to take it. And so you have all of these people who've never built a popsicle stand suddenly taking control of multi-billion dollar corporations in order to promote their left-wing values. Under the rubric of stakeholder capitalism saying, well, you know what? We understand that it may not be in Disney's best interest as a company to alienate, you know, every parent in America, but as it's not just the parents, stakeholders all over the place have a stake in what it is that Disney does. And that's why we should listen to people who have never built a popsicle stand because those people are representative of others who are outside the business. They may not even go to Disney, may not even shop at Disney, who may not take their families, to, who may not have families. But the broad spectrum of humanity requires us to do the right moral thing as we see it and as we define it. And so what you have is a bunch of people who, again, don't build things because here's the thing. When you build things, you have to be responsive to the market. The market is going to dictate what you can and cannot do. The market is going to dictate whether anybody buys your product. And so what that means is that you are restricted in some ways from being who you are. Authenticity is not the chief mechanism by which markets work. The market doesn't care about your level of authenticity. It cares about whether you provide a good or a service to me at a price I wish to pay. That's how people build businesses. They cater to an audience. And maybe they find an audience. If they're like Daily Wire, we have our principles, and then we find an audience. But that's because we're an explicitly political company. If you're Disney and you're explicitly apolitical, becoming political is an attempt to take something that was not political and then politicize it and make it political and do so 
on the back of the people who actually built the prosperity, which is really ungrateful and kind of ugly, frankly. If you walk into a billion-dollar corporation or a corporation like Disney spends tens of billions of dollars every year on entertainment, and your chief goal is, how do I take this behemoth that has served hundreds of millions of people all over the globe and then pervert it from my own political point of view? It's, it's kind of unseemly at the very least. Which brings us to Abigail Disney. So Abigail Disney is an heiress. Now, I've been informed by the left that heirs are really bad, right? Heirs and heiresses, these are really bad. These are people who have inherited their wealth. And I've been told by Bernie Sanders and AOC that people who inherit their wealth are inherently untrustworthy. After all, these are people who have never created anything. So why exactly should they inherit any wealth? But Abigail Disney does not count because Abigail Disney mirrors all of the woke values that the left loves, which means that she will be left with her $150 million fortune and nobody bothering her. So she took to Twitter the other day. She's the great niece of Walt Disney who's been involved in zero of the success of the Walt Disney Company. She took to Twitter to go after the Florida Parental Rights in Education Law and to go after Christopher Rufo, the reporter who had the temerity to reveal tape from an all-hands meeting at Disney in which top executives at Disney vowed that they would ideologically groom your children. So Abigail Disney began this long Twitter thread by getting very angry at Chris Rufo, because Chris Rufo tweeted out, we are waging moral war against Disney. We are directly targeting their public reputation. We are turning half of their customers against them. He's saying this because, of course, he's making people aware of what people at the top of Disney say they will do with their own content. You know how much it takes to turn me, a huge Disney fan, against Disney? A lot. Actually, you know what it, you know what it takes to turn me against Disney? All of their top executives at vowing that they will indoctrinate my children in values that I think are wrong. So Disney never would have hired anyone like Abigail Disney for like virtually all of its existence because Abigail Disney has no qualifications. She is, of course, an heiress. Well, if you need better employees than Abigail Disney, and heck, who doesn't? You need to head on over to Zip Recruiter. According to the latest research, 90% of employers plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace is key to attracting and keeping great employees. Well, if you need to add more and better employees to your team, ZipRecruiter exists. Their matching technology helps you find the right people for your roles fast. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter will use its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job and then proactively present those candidates to you. You can easily review those recommended candidates, invite your top choices to apply, and then that encourages them to apply faster. There's a reason ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the United States based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Find the right employees for your workplace with ZipRecruiter. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Okay, so here's what Abigail Disney, who again, created zero of the success of Disney, but her last name is Disney, and she did inherit a lot of wealth. Here's what she had to say, quote, like all radical ideologues, the right wing has finally run amok and is coming to devour the hand that feeds it, business. So first of all, let me just point out, Abigail Disney does not get to complain about devouring the hand that feeds it. She is rich because she had a great uncle who founded a massive company. She has done zero productive things, as far as I'm aware, in her entire life. And she is using that lovely perch in order to rip against the company that created her wealth. Just for my part, I am delighted. It is the business world that has been either by act or omission feeding the opportunist right wing to distract us with culture war nonsense while they rifle the till and empty everyone's pockets. Okay, this is one of the things that the left likes to say, which is that it's the right that has declared the culture war. 
As we've discussed, it is the left that declared the culture war. There has not been a right-wing social move in the United States of any magnitude for the last several decades. She says this anti-woke right-wing nonsense is unsupported by a large majority of Americans. Wrong, wrong by polling data. The Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill is backed by a majority of Democrats. As long as they know what's in it, a majority of Democrats back it. Abigail Disney, however, being out of touch and very wealthy, says, in fact, most Americans are offended by it and wish it would just go away. She says, you need two things to rule with minority. First, you need to be constantly looking for fresh meat to throw to the minions to keep them riled up all the time. This works until the herd thins. Remember Scar in Lion King? So now they've come for American businesses. It was really only a matter of time. The second thing you need to rule with minority is money. Lots of it. You need the very deep pockets to fund you, yes. And if they don't, you need them to sit quietly along the sidelines out of the way. Okay, well, there, there's a fellow named James Lindsay on Twitter, and I'm going to attribute this saying to him because he's correct. This is the iron law of woke projection. Everything Abigail Disney says in this thread applies to Abigail Disney. She's ungrateful. She's biting the hand that feeds her in Disney. She has benefited from big business. She needs to keep people fed red meat about how bad her political opposition is. And she needs lots and lots of money to fund her propaganda. She said, until now, business has been content to do just that, i.e. feed the right wing. Or they compartmentalized like sociopaths when they funded folks like Dennis Baxley, who wrote the hateful Don't Say Gay Bill, because as the CEO claimed, he had no way of knowing he might vote for legislation like that. Or else they have chosen silence. Their silence brought us Donald Trump. Apparently, the racism and xenophobia and misogyny weren't deal breakers. Their silence, or at least willingness to compartmentalize when it came to politicians who were willing to fight for their outrageous and multi-decade campaign to stack the deck against the American people, brought us this whole raft of Trump wannabes now casting about for new and more insidious ways to tear the country apart. She says, so now that the right wing and business agenda might actually be showing signs of parting ways, perhaps we might see the powerful lobbies of the various industries wondering which party was truly interested in supporting their interests. Perhaps we'll see lobbies lose faith in the devil's partnership they until now have relied so heavily upon to look after their subsidies, tax breaks, flouting of law and regulation. Perhaps the right wing has finally bitten the hand that has been feeding its superfoods these last few decades. And then she says that authenticity, generosity, joy, and decency were the heart and soul of the Disney brand. Okay, well, I, I was unaware that the heart and soul of the Disney brand was feed LGBTQ plus minus IAMNBV quotation mark ampersand. Feeding that propaganda to small children was the Disney way. I was unaware that this is what Walt Disney Company was founded upon. If it had been founded upon that, it would not exist today, period. She says, the cure for this isn't hard. It also just happens to be the heart and soul of the Disney brand. Disney has everything it needs to fight this threat. If it only will have the courage to weather the slings and arrows and threats and name calling, if only leadership will check in with first principles, if only they will show us that as a company that trades on the American right now, when it matters most of all, they will stand for those values with every fiber of their being. Disney is so much bigger, means so much more to the American people than that little punk Chris Rufo can ever hope to mean. Except, of course, that Abigail Disney is the one who is wildly out of touch and Disney was not founded on any of the values that she promulgates, any of them. But this is what has happened to large swaths of corporate America. There's the belief that not only must you stay silent, silence is violence. You must become an active advocate for every element of the left-wing agenda. And if you have not become an advocate for the left-wing agenda, then this means that you will be targeted and you should be targeted. And this is how you end up with the stupidity of Oreo, which is a cookie company. Oreo cookie company coming out with an ad about people coming out to their parents. Now, before you say, wait a second, doesn't Oreo produce cookies? Yeah, that's what I just said. It's a cookie company. Now, the fact that I even note this, this is the game the left likes to play. The fact that I will even note this shows, oh, Shapiro, so outraged about the Oreo cookie ad. I'm not outraged by the Oreo cookie ad. Oreo can make whatever ad it wants. It's a free country. 
I'm outraged by the stupidity of the Oreo cookie ad because, again, they make cookies. And all they seem to want to do these days is alienate people who disagree with them on pretty contentious political issues by becoming advocates for radical left-wing positions. Again, I keep mentioning they're a cookie company because this is kind of the equivalent of during the Black Lives Matter riots when Gushers came out and made a statement about Black Lives Matter. They're like, oh, well, I was waiting to hear what Gushers had to say. I was waiting to hear what the cookie that is mostly famous for being dipped in milk has to say about coming out. But don't worry, guys. It's not, it's not that these corporations have been captured and their massive influence has been turned on behalf of the left-wing radical agenda. It's that you're responding and noticing. That's the real problem. So here is the Oreo ad, or at least some of it. I think you're ready. You ready, Lamar? The parents are asked if they are ready. Oh, it's time. It's time to find out somebody's gay. I'm a cookie company. Don't know what this has to do with Oreo. She might be my mother, but you are my son. Oh, so everybody's very happy. Don't worry, Grandma will be accepting by the end of the video because Oreos. Don't know what Oreos have to do with any of this. So um, I wonder if they're airing this ad in China. You think China's allowing this? Coming out doesn't just happen once, says Oreo. Oreo is proud. Be a lifelong ally because of Oreos. In collaboration with PFLAG, uh, I am very curious to find out whether China allows this ad to be distributed in China, since the ad is in Chinese. I have some serious questions about whether that will happen. But again, this is the whole idea. All major corporations must be made to bow before whatever is the radical left-wing ideology of the day. And this is one of the great threats to the American way of life, is the attempt to take corporations, which should be answered to share, they should be answerable to their shareholders and turn them into weapons on behalf of left-wing ideologies. I talk about this a lot in my last book, The Authoritarian Moment, The Woke Capitalism Agenda. Vivek Ramaswamy has written about this extensively as a book called Woke Inc. And he talks at Barry Weiss's Substack about this just a couple of months ago. He says, Joe Biden has called conventional or shareholder capitalism a farce, saying corporations have a responsibility to workers, community, to the country. Elizabeth Warren's accountability capitalism calls for higher wages and greater employee involvement in selecting boards of directors and making political contributions. Al Gore has said that as the value of socially conscious capitalism gains traction, investors who fail to take it into account may be at risk of violating their fiduciary duty to their clients and presumably vulnerable to lawsuit. Says Vivek, nor is stakeholder capitalism limited to politicians or progressive activists. America's most powerful CEOs have embraced it. In late 2019, the Business Roundtable, a lobbying group representing the country's biggest corporations, announced it was revising its statement of purpose with an eye toward stakeholders. Jamie Dimon, the chairman and CEO of J.P. Morgan and the chairman of the Business Roundtable, wrote in a follow-up article in Time, quote, capitalism has been the most successful economic system in history, but we can improve upon it to help solve society's problems and lift up more people. And here's what Vivek points out. Here's what stakeholder capitalists miss. Once corporations become vehicles to further an agenda other than shareholder value, they become vehicles to advance any agenda, even including those of foreign adversaries. 
So for example, the Chinese Communist Party has become a key stakeholder in many American multinationals from Nike to Visa to BlackRock is now flexing its muscles in ways that strengthen China's interest at the expense of American ones. Okay, so the, the simple fact is that the minute that you say it's stakeholders everywhere who have a stake in what Disney does, not just the shareholders, at that exact point, things start to get extremely ugly for the future of these companies because now they are not being run by people who are interested in the success of the companies. They're being run by people who are willing to watch the success of the companies go completely sideways so that they can push a particular political agenda. So the, the takeover of corporate America is really quite devastating, not because corporate America was right-wing. In many ways, it was not. It's because corporate America was apolitical, and now it has been wildly, wildly politicized. All these corporations forgot what got them there, and that is why they are engaging in stakeholder capitalism. Well, don't forget what brought you to this point. Those are all embedded in your memories, and those memories are now embedded in your garage, and they're falling prey to degradation over time, you got water that's been leaking from the roof of your garage into the photo box. This is, none of this is good. Instead, do the thing that I did for my parents. Head on over to LegacyBox.com and preserve all of those family memories for all time. LegacyBox is the simple, affordable, we've thought of everything solution for digitally preserving your past. Send in your Legacy Box filled with old VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, and pictures. Get back digital copies that can be easily enjoyed, shared, and organized. It is indeed like magic. A bunch of reasons why you would use Legacy Box. First, it's easy and safe. Each kit includes everything you need to safely pack and send your recorded moments, including safety stickers for every single item. It's trusted by over a million people, including my family. They keep you informed all the way along the way. They'll give you 12 emailed updates to tell you how things are going. And everything is professionally digitized. They have a team of over 200 trained technicians processing 19 different media types from VHS to Super 8 film by hand right here in the United States. It's good enough to preserve my family memories. It's going to be great for you too. Get started preserving your past today. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Get an incredible 50% off. Buy today. Take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send it in when you're ready. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Save 50% while supplies last. And well, the good news is that the pushback is now beginning. So Elon Musk, he announced that he had bought 9.2% of Twitter. According to the Washington Post, Elon Musk became the largest shareholder of Twitter on Monday, setting the platform up for a potential political showdown over its efforts to limit harmful content, efforts the firebrand Tesla chief executive has indicated that he sees hastening a turn toward censorship. His surprise investment comes days after questioning the company's commitment to free speech and, and suggesting he might start his own social platform. It sent Twitter stock soaring. While it was not immediately clear what role Musk plans to play, analysts speculated he might try for an activist restructuring that could change the way Twitter polices its platform as well as who, banishes it, who it banishes. Some inside Twitter worry that Musk may push Twitter in a libertarian direction. Oh, you wouldn't want a free speech platform to be pushed in a libertarian direction, obviously. It has to remain woke. They're afraid he may push Twitter away from blocking or restricting accounts that cause social harm, according to people familiar with internal conversations who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe sensitive matters. Just days after Twitter banned former President Trump in the wake of the Capitol insurrection, Musk wrote on Twitter, quote, a lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech. Some Twitter employees and experts fear Musk's involvement could also push the company further into chaos after years of investor activism and the sudden departure of former chief executive Jack Dorsey. Musk has a 9.2% stake in the social media company, which dis was disclosed in a, an SEC commission filing and sent shares up 27%. His stake is worth nearly $2.9 billion and now dwarfs that of Jack Dorsey, who owns 2.3% of Twitter. Dan Ives, the managing director at Wedbush Security, said M Musk's passive stake could be just the beginning. Rather than starting a competing social media platform, it looks like Elon has his eyes laser set on Twitter. Ives estimates that Musk 
The world's richest man will eventually pursue an active stake and take a much more aggressive role. And of course, Musk tweeted just last month, quote, given that Twitter serves as the de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy. So good for Elon Musk. And this is great. I mean, it's scaring the living crap out of all the people who are wokeifying major institutions in American life. And this is the way you fight back. The way that you fight back against the left is you actually take advantage of the fact that you can buy stock in these companies. You actually use your market power. Musk has unbelievable market power. And so now he could open up Twitter. That is a great move by Elon Musk on behalf of the country. Forget about his stock portfolio. It's a fantastic move on behalf of the country, which requires a more open discourse. I'm happy to see the fact that when it comes to Disney, families are now announcing that they are canceling Disney trips, which they should. Now, when it comes to Disney openly saying that they are going to mainline a bunch of left-wing propaganda into children's programming, people should think twice about whether they wish to consume Disney product. And they should think twice about whether they maybe want to take a look at some of the Daily Wire programming or other programming, whether they wish to redirect their dollars. According to the Daily Wire's Mary Margaret Olihan, she reports on a bunch of different families who've been canceling. One resident of Orange County said, quote, it saddens me to think that the magic that was part of my life and my wife's life will not be part of theirs. But he says the only way we can effectively voice our opinion to a company like Disney is to refuse to do business with them. For us, that means canceling Disney+, Plus, canceling Disney Movie Club, deleting Disney Insider membership, boycotting any and all creative works put forth by Disney. I'm not sorry for our decision. Can't even pity a company for making such a poor decision when they have enough clout to do whatever the hell they want. And this is the direction they've decided to move in. And again, I think there are tons and tons of parents who are moving in this direction. Lots of parents are taking a second thought and a second look at whether they wish to be the people who are sponsoring this sort of content. It is only the pushback that is going to change the math here. And the pushback needs to happen in every area because as the woke win, society gets a hell of a lot worse. And we've talked before about the fact that when it comes to, for example, transgender women, meaning biological males competing with women in women's sports, that until women stand up, there's not a lot men can do. I can tell you that I think it's a terrible idea for Leah Thomas, a dude, to compete with the ladies. I can tell you that until I'm blue in the face. But as long as women continue to get in the pool and pretend that Leah Thomas is, in fact, a woman who should be racing against them, I can't, I can't be more stringent on your behalf than you are on your own behalf. So I was glad to see, for example, that according to Daily Wire, a biologically male cyclist who now identifies as female was barred from competing in a women's championship race this weekend following threats of boycott from female competitors. Emily Bridges, who formerly competed against men as Zach Bridges, was cut from the women's British National Omnium Championship on Saturday. That would have been Bridges' first race against women. The athlete only began hormone therapy last year, according to the BBC. Bridges was only determined to be ineligible to compete by the UCI after women threatened to boycott the race. The Guardian reported that Bridges, who set a national junior men's record over 25 miles in 2018, had been due to compete against several British Olympians, including Dame Laura Kenny in her first race in the women's category, meaning his first race in the women's category. But the UCI ruled that the 21-year-old was not currently compliant with its regulations as she is still registered as a male cyclist and therefore cannot compete as a woman. The Guardian noted that UCI's decision came amid a growing backlash from within the sport, with the Guardian understanding a number of female riders were talking about boycotting the event, which is exactly what should happen. The pushback is all that is going to save the country at this point. And the pushback is going to happen. There are a lot of people out there who know what time it is. They know that it's time for the pushback. Well, one company that can help you tell what time it is. Vincero, of course. You should be getting yourself a Vincero watch. We are excited to welcome back some friends of ours 
the folks at the Vincero Collective, just in time for their new Argo release. If you don't know Vincero yet, they're a premium lifestyle brand in San Diego, carrying watches, sunglasses, and much more. They're perfect for men or women of any style. They've got amazing style, undeniable quality, and complete versatility. It's put Vincero at the top of the game. Their brand new Argo Automatic spotlights all the things we love about Vincero. First of all, the price point, this quality, it just doesn't exist anywhere outside of Vincero. The Argo's name comes from a mythological Greek warship crafted by the gods. It's easy to see why. This dive watch is promised to be the flagship of any outfit. Dive watches are a classic in the watch-making community. I own several. They are great. Vincero finds a way to stand out with an incredible pairing of fashion and functionality. The Argo Automatic is selling out quickly. If you're looking for the perfect accessory to help elevate your style, check out the all-new Argo at our link, www.vincerocollective.com slash Shapiro. These watches, they look great. They've got water resistance up to 20 ATM. It's scratch-resistant sapphire glass. It's got functionality. This stuff is really durable. Go check them out today. Whether it's watches or glasses, jewelry or leather goods, Vincero does not disappoint. Their newest piece, the Argo, is another great addition to their collection. With the release of the Argo, get our limited time offer, special 15% and free shipping to our listeners with code Shapiro. No better time to put some Vincero in your wardrobe. Support our show. Check them out at vincerocollective.com forward slash Shapiro. Now, the left doesn't have any pushback to the pushback. So here is their big problem. Every way they push back is dumber and dumber. Okay, so CNN, they continue to push the idea that if you just don't want your small children sexually indoctrinated at the age of five, this is because you're a bigot. So here's yet another Chiron from CNN, the most trusted name in news and reliable sources, the most reliable of all the sources with Brian Stelter. Here's the Chiron from the other day. Quote, focus on parental rights chips away at gay rights. I have a question. Is this a battle that gay Americans really want to have? Do, do gay advocates really want to go to war with parents? Do they really want to say that parents who outnumber gay Americans by an extraordinary measure really are, are threatened by gay rights to the point where we have to curb parental rights in order to make room for the agenda of the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation or PFLAG or whatever woke employees at, at Disney have to say this week? Is this really the direction that they want to go? Because if so, they are going to lose. And yet the politicians keep doubling down on this, the Democratic politicians. So for example, Eric Adams is presiding over a city where people are routinely being pushed in front of subways. And, uh, and Eric Adams decided to tweet out, I kid you not, a poster just filled with the word gay in multicolored fonts. And uh, because no one knows that word. I mean, if there's one thing in America we've never talked about as gay people, it's shocking. No one's ever heard the word gay before. And uh, he tweeted out, quote, New York mayor announces a new digital billboard campaign in five Florida markets denouncing the hateful don't say gay law and inviting Floridians to move to New York. And it says on this poster, quote, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. New York City loves you with the rainbow flag. And then he says, we have a message for Florida's LGBTQ plus community. Come to a city where you can be you. Join us now at City Hall. So first of all, anybody who falls for this, please, I agree. Seriously, if you believe that Florida is a hellscape because we wish to protect small children from the predations of leftist social activists, please go. Like the door is open. Anytime you wish to take that plane right up to New York and hang out with Eric Adams and hang out on the subway platforms over there with Eric Adams, you are more than welcome to do so. Seriously, enjoy the homelessness and the high taxation and the possibility of being thrown in front of a train. Like really, New York is wide open to you. It is all you. Anybody who wishes to go from Florida to New York don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Seriously, like just enjoy yourself. I would also like to point out at this point that Eric Adams says you can say anything you want in New York, uh, which is a weird thing to say, considering that according to the New York Post, quote, 
The big Apple mom who crashed Mayor Eric Adams' press conference on Monday to blast him over his taut mask mandate was fired shortly thereafter from her job at the city law department, according to the New York Post. Daniela Jample, who served as the assistant corporation counsel, learned she was canned on Monday afternoon. Soon after, she confronted a caught off guard and apparently annoyed Adams over whether he would unmask our toddlers. Jample had publicly challenged the mayor in an unrelated event on LGBTQ issues as Adams stood in front of a podium banner that read, come to the city where you can say whatever you want. Jample said, three weeks ago, you told parents to trust you, you unmask our toddlers. You stood right here. You said the mask would come off April 4th. That hasn't happened. As Jample attempted to ask why, City Hall staffers tried to cut her off when they realized she wasn't a reporter. But Adams seemingly miffed at the mom getting a question and allowed her to continue, although he told her she needed to come to a conclusion. Sources close to the matter said Jample was informed by email shortly after the presser that she was fired. So yeah, this is a city where you can say anything you want unless you cross swords with Eric Adams, in which case he will fire you from your job for asking why he is masking toddlers. Again, the, the left is so disconnected from reality, but do it, seriously do it. Advertise all over Florida that, that Florida is a hellscape for gays and lesbians and anybody who's stupid enough to believe that can move to New York. Uh, I, I want more of this. If, if, honestly, can Eric Adams put up billions of dollars and put those, those billboards up everywhere in purple and red state America? Please. Could I pay Eric Adams to do this? I mean, this seems like a great recruitment effort to get all of the insane blue state voters out of states that are, that are on that knife's edge of purple. And meanwhile, speaking of people who are completely disconnected, Jen Psaki still can't even answer whether men should be allowed to race women. So yeah, th this, this party is definitely in touch with reality. In some places like the Ivy League now, there are biological males competing against women. Does the White House think that is fair? Uh, we understand how important sports are to student athletes across the country, but the NCAA obviously makes, uh, puts these policies in place. Uh, what I would say, uh, Peter, if we look at this broadly, is that we celebrated International Transgender Day of Visibility last week with a slate of new actions to ensure we are continuing uh, we continue to protect the dignity and identity of all Americans. And at a moment uh, where we're looking at and we're seeing increased mental health issues related to young people, especially LGBTQ plus young people, we're providing additional funding and resources to address this issue. So yeah, she's not going to answer whether boys should compete with girls. Also, has it ever occurred to anybody that perhaps the increased mental health issues that are associated with young people across America has to do with the simple fact that the left wing has been pushing insane social policy on young children? Then maybe when you tell a bunch of young people that in, in their search for sexual authenticity at the age of 11 lies happiness, that maybe this doesn't actually end with happiness. It just ends with people who are having a really, really tough time in life. Because the left has been on the social ascendancy for the last 20 years in this country. And yet people seem unhappier and more depressed and more suicidal. Could that be a coincidence? Or perhaps it's not a coincidence at all. But for these folks, it's always just double down on stupid and double down on perverse. This is, this is the way that the left thinks these days. Now, speaking of doubling down on stupid, the Biden administration continues to try to whistle its way past the graveyard with regard to the economy. So Joe Biden, he's continuing to go out there and pretend that the economy is doing great. So he's standing in front of a couple of, of Mack trucks, which was weird. And, uh, and he said that we are in the middle of a record-breaking economic kanambadu. Unemployment's at 3.6%, down from 6.4% when we took office. The fastest decline in unemployment start of any presidential term ever recorded. And after a long stretch, Americans are back to work. Americans are back to work. An economy has gone from being on the mend to being on the move. 
and the economy we're building. We're building a strong economy, one where hardworking Americans can live with dignity, support their families, build a better life, and a better life for their children as well. Yeah, he, he, uh, he almost fell down at this point in the speech. Jennifer Rubin was there to try to fluff Joe Biden through this one. And, uh, and so she put out a piece, and I kid you not, this is the headline of the piece from the Washington Post, quote, if it weren't for inflation, this president's economic performance would be unmatched. And if it weren't for a dramatic lack of IQ points, Jennifer Rubin might be Albert Einstein. And if it weren't for O.J. Simpson murdering his ex-wife, then he might have won the Nobel Peace Prize that year. If it weren't for inflation, this president's, if it weren't for his economic performance, this president's economic performance would be unmatched. <laughs> that's, how, that's how much they, they need the help of the media on this one. By the way, I, I just have to bring you this, this wonderful story of Joe Biden being a truck driver. So Joe Biden, again, talk about disconnected from reality. He told a story about how he was once a truck driver. I have some bad news for Joe Biden. He was never a truck driver. During the trucker strike years later, when I was a young senator, I was a, there was a guy who uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. And uh, so I decided to ride out with him to see what it was like on the strike. And I was driving, going through Shiloh, Ohio. And, uh, and we, he, he was, his handle was Big Ten. He called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, and the only woman truck driver ever knew I met that day. She said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. I used to drive a truck. It's a long story. Anyway. And then Big Mama and Corn Pop had a baby. And that baby was me. I was a trucker driving along with. Burt Reynolds, Clint Eastwood, and a monkey. He's driving across the country. You mean Big Mama over here? And Big Mama Dambody, Big Mama. She said, ain't no room over here. Big Joe. And I said, Dad, those two gay men just love each other. <laughs> oh, our senile president. Things are going great. By the way, Again, Jen Rubin informed me that aside from inflation, things are going amazing. According to the Wall Street Journal, household staples are no longer immune to inflation. American consumers are starting to cut costs on mainstays from toothpaste to baby formula as inflation hits a swath of the economy that had thus far proven resistance to substantial price increases. Procter & Gamble, Clorox, Kraft Heinz, and other consumer products giants have made a bet that consumers will pay up for household products even as inflation takes hold. Over the past year, the companies have seen profits and market share grow as they've raised prices on products from detergents and diapers to snacks and soda. Now, consumers are drawing a line. Shoppers are buying staples in smaller quantities, switching to cheaper store name brands, more rigorously hunting for deals. The shift is especially pronounced among lower-income consumers who splurged on household products early in the pandemic. Private label brands, after two years in which they lost market share, have begun to lure back buyers. In other words, people are now buying off-brand products because inflation is pinching them so tightly at this point. But other than that, at least Joe Biden once had a conversation across the ham radio with Big Mamadang. According to the Wall Street Journal, the most recently available inflation data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics show the inflation rate had risen to 7.9%, a four-decade high, with oil and commodity market disruptions from Ukraine expected to add more cost pressures as well. Meanwhile, just to make sure that things continue to be crappy from here and for the foreseeable future, apparently everybody is continuing to borrow money at exorbitant rates. According to the Wall Street Journal, a surge in food and fuel prices is now raising pressure on governments around the world to pick up the tab for consumers, stretching precarious public finances and intensifying political instability in the shakiest economies. Spooked by protests that have broken out recently from Bangkok to Sicily, many governments have adopted subsidies or tax breaks to shield households and businesses from the soaring prices. But those handouts are boosting already high government debt just as more just as borrowing costs are rising. 
For some countries, the increase may prove too difficult to afford, raising the specter of political unrest and or bankruptcy for a lot of these countries. So basically, the world economy is, is on the verge as well. Many economists say subsidies are often politically difficult to withdraw when they've outlived their purpose. The IMF has said they tend to benefit richer households that consume more energy. Gas and oil subsidies could also undermine a planned shift away from fossil fuels. For emerging markets in particular, the cost of often depleted public coffers is an issue. Emerging economies have to refinance debt worth about $7 trillion this year, up from $5.5 trillion in 2021, which is a shock considering that, again, this is the year when COVID basically went away on the world stage. So except for the inflation, the economy is doing great guns under Joe Biden. By the way, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, he says that massive risks await for the United States economy. He offered a largely upbeat view of the economy's health in an annual letter to shareholders on Monday, but he warned that the war in Ukraine could collide with rising inflation to slow the pandemic recovery and alter global alliances for decades to come. He says, while it's possible that all of these events will have peaceful resolutions, we should prepare for the potential negative outcomes as well. And there's a major shift from Diamond, who last April said he saw a chance for an economic Goldilocks moment, which means fast sustained growth alongside low inflation and low interest rates. He says, in hindsight, yeah, the medicine was probably too much and lasted too long. So well done, Joe Biden. So as Jamie Dimon says, the economy is in real trouble, inflation is a real problem, and the interest rates are set to rise. So now would be the best time ever to do that mortgage refi. Because if you wait, it's going to be one of the worst times ever. It's just that simple. Rates are rising sooner than expected. You're at risk of missing out on significant savings if you don't consider your options like yesterday. Right? So like right now, you need to stop listening and you actually need to go to AmericanFinancing.net. I cannot stress this enough. You need to call American Financing and get a free mortgage review today. Inflation is getting worse. Debt is becoming more expensive. We're not moving in the right direction. You need to take control right now. Learn about custom loans that can help you spend less on interest or get you out of debt faster. It really could mean up to 1000 bucks in monthly savings plus tens of thousands of bucks long term. Think of how much that can help. Then pick up the phone to learn more. No pressure, no obligation, no upfront or hidden fees. And if you start soon, you could skip two mortgage payments. You might close in as fast as 10 days, but only if you choose American Financing. Call 866-721-3300. That is 866-721-3300. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net and MLS 182-334 and MLSConsumerAccess.org. Go check them out today at AmericanFinancing.net or give them a call at 866-721-3300. Already, Andrew Clavin has a brand new book. That book, The Truth and Beauty. After years of studying the Gospels and trying to find the true meaning in Jesus' words, Clavin is ready to share what he has found out. It's for people who are seeking to find renewed meaning in their faith, or maybe they're striving for belief in a materialistic world. It's really a wonderfully written book. The book isn't just good. It's really important because, frankly, you know, if you're a Christian, you could use a better understanding of the Gospels because I think if in any faith, you can use a better understanding of your own faith. If there's ever been a time that Christians need a book like this, it is right now. Head on over to Amazon or wherever you buy books. Order your copy of The Truth and Beauty today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So meanwhile, the Democrats are going to get what they want. Ketanji Brown Jackson will end up on the Supreme Court, but they're very, very angry because they say that she was treated with grave disrespect. So much disrespect, by the way, that Mitt Romney says that he's going to vote for her, which, by the way, is unjustifiable. Like, there have been times where I've taken unpopular positions in defense of sort of Mitt Romney. Not this time. So Mitt Romney, the senator from Utah, he came out and said that he would support Ketanji Brown-Jackson for the Supreme Court. He said, quote, after reviewing Judge Jackson's record and testimony, I've concluded she's a well-qualified jurist and a person of honor. While I do not expect to agree 
With every decision she may make on the court, I believe she more than meets the standard of excellence and integrity. I congratulate Judge Jackson on her expected confirmation and look forward to her continued service to our nation. So here is the thing. Once the left has decided that they are openly just going to nominate political activists to positions of high power, no Republican should ever vote for a Democratic nominee to the high court. Not unless that person can somehow demonstrate that they are not beholden to the far left. This woman said in a confirmation hearing she does not know what a woman is. I'm sorry, the answer is no. The answer is no. And Mitt Romney, for all of his comedy and compliance in the Senate, has won how many friends over from the Democratic side of the aisle? What has he accomplished that requires him here to back Ketanji Brown-Jackson for the Supreme Court of the United States? I know it's Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, and you knew they were going to vote for Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Let's just say that he is living in an era that does not exist, where Ketanji Brown-Jackson should be on the Supreme Court. Frankly, that era has not existed since Roe versus Wade. As soon as the politicization of the Warren Court became completely overt, and really since the takeover of the Supreme Court by FDR pressure, in the 1940s, the Supreme Court has been a tool for the left. And the attempt to turn the Supreme Court back into an august institution in American life has been somewhat of a joke. So no points to Mitt Romney for, for all of this. With that said, I'm amazed at how the, the, the media really do yeoman's work on behalf of Democrats. It really is an astonishing thing. So supposedly, Ketanji Brown-Jackson really had it hard. because She was asked very basic questions like, what is a woman? And also, why were you sentencing people to lower than recommended sentences, particularly if they were involved? in sex crime. So what, what's the deal with that? This apparently was very bad. So we got Whoopi Goldberg out there saying that how could anyone ask her a tough question? Judge Jackson, after all, she is a black woman. And uh, if you ask a black woman a question, it means that you don't like black women, apparently. Just say, I don't trust a black woman to do the job because I know that y'all didn't have these same issues with Amy Coney Barrett. You didn't ask those questions. You didn't have those problems. And when Amy Coney Barrett answered the same way that Judge Katani Brown did, when you asked her if you thought they were going to need more people on the Supreme Court, nobody seemed to have a problem with her answer. So it's all about Katanji Brown-Jackson, of course, being black. Anna Navarro and the, the luminaries, the intellectual luminaries of The View continue to astonish and amaze. Here's Anna Navarro, the titular Republican on the show. Uh, pretending that the Republicans have made a grave error by failing to vote in large numbers for a woman who is a radical leftist for the Supreme Court. They feel bad because they know she's going to be Not the justice. Not bad enough. Well, they feel bad because she's going to have the 50 votes. She's going to be the justice. And they are going to have missed the historical moment yep. of voting for the first black woman. Yeah. And they're going to go down in history as having been against the first black woman justice, which is a big moment for this country. Whomever likes it, fine. Whomever dislikes it, fine. Whether you accept it, you acknowledge it. It is a huge historical moment over almost 240 years yeah. of the Supreme well, Court. Well, you know deal with it. Um, so whether you like it or whether you dislike it, you have to like it or you're bad. Anna Navarro, brilliant logician right there. By the way, I don't remember Anna Navarro or anyone else on that program being particularly upset when the Democrats stifled the D.C. court nomination of Janice Rogers Brown, who was largely seen as, as being prepared for a Supreme Court slot from a Republican president. I remember them being particularly upset. How many Democrats voted against Clarence Thomas who was a black man? A lot. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't buy any of this. Charlotte Clymer, who can always be counted on for the dumbest possible take, tweeted out, let me be clear, no Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee voted to advance the nomination of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, not because she isn't highly qualified, she is, or a lack of character, no, but because their base doesn't want a black woman with her views on the Supreme Court. And it's, it's true, so true. I mean, it's, 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 only because, it's only because they opposed her on the basis of race, which is why they also opposed Merrick Garland and literally did not give him an up or down vote. It's because he also was a black woman, Merrick Garland. I'll bet you didn't know that. But you didn't remember that Merrick Garland was a black woman. You thought he was just a white guy 
that was nominated by Barack Obama and Mitch McConnell didn't give him a vote. Secretly, however, he was in fact a black woman. So just more Republican racism. So here is the thing. This sort of sycophantic media coverage from so many members of the media, there's a reason why Democrats require it. They require it because if they don't have their echo chamber, they really don't have much of anything. Which is why, of course, Joe Biden, according to an upcoming book by a pair of New York Times reporters, Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns, apparently Joe Biden believes Fox News is, quote, one of the most destructive forces in the United States. Now, listen, I'm old enough to remember when there was a president named Trump in office, and he suggested that his political opponents in the press were the enemies of the people. Remember this. It was very bad. Every time he said something bad about CNN, it was a threat to the free press of the United States. Here you have the sitting president of the United States saying that the network that is most opposed to his policies is one of the most destructive forces in the United States and crickets and crickets. According to Martin and Burns, who also work as political analysts on CNN, they're the authors of This Will Not Pass, Trump, Biden, and the Battle for America's Future, set to be released in May. Apparently, Rupert Murdoch, Biden told an associate last year, is, quote, the most dangerous man in the world. The book describes Fox as a torrent of anti-Biden programming, stoking skepticism about vaccines, disseminating wild conspiracy theories about the January 6th attack. Many Biden allies have denounced Fox for those reasons and have blamed Rupert Murdoch and his son Lachlan for enabling hosts like Tucker Carlson. But according to the book, Joe Biden is very, very angry, very angry indeed with Rupert Murdoch and with Fox News more generally. That is not a threat to the free press that Joe Biden is angry at Fox News. It's only a threat to the free press when Donald Trump is angry at CNN, which, of course, is why the entire left is now trumpeting a new study. What does the study show? It shows that if you pay people to watch CNN, shockingly, they start to reflect the views of CNN some more. Matthew Iglesias has a piece over at the Washington Post titled, What If Fox News Viewers Watched CNN Instead? So he says, it's worth noting that in a famous study published 15 years ago, economists showed exposure to Fox could have a measurable impact on elections. It's a slightly different question how watching Fox affects someone's views of day-to-day controversies of politics, however. One view is that Fox is such an echo chamber, it can't possibly be changing minds. A pretty big difference, however, as it turns out, can be made, according to a new study by political scientists David Brookman of Stanford and Joshua Kalla of Yale. The research offers a much more granular look at the impact of Fox on its viewers, thanks to reliance on a resource-intensive experiment rather than the broad aggregates of earlier papers. Brookman and Kalla recruited a sample of regular Fox News viewers and paid a subset of them to watch CNN instead. Compliance was enforced with news quizzes for which additional compensation was offered. Then the treatment group of switchers and the control group of non-switchers took three waves of surveys about the news. The results, not only did CNN cover different things during the September 2020 survey period, but the audience of committed Fox viewers, which started the month with conservative predispositions, changed their minds on many issues. Switchers were five percentage points more likely to believe people suffer from long COVID and six points more likely to believe that many foreign countries did a better job than the United States of controlling the virus. They were seven points more likely to support voting by mail. They were 10 points less likely to believe supporters of Joe Biden were happy when police officers get shot, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so here's the thing. This is why the left would like to limit the reach of Fox. This is the whole point. The solution isn't how do we make CNN more watchable or how do we create things that drive Fox View News viewers to maybe take a look at our programming. Instead, it's how do we compel people to not watch Fox News anymore? That's the end goal. Because the converse here is that if you paid people from CNN to watch Fox News, presumably their views would change as well. And so the pitched battle must be had in the media and the people you don't like must be shut up. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out the Michael Moles show that's available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. 
Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our production manager is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. New York City tries to recruit pervert teachers from Florida. The D.C. government tries to cover up a major abortion scandal. And Elon Musk buys a huge chunk of Twitter. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Hey, 